Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is November 14th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan! It's uh it's not a victory Monday. It's a uh it's double a loss. Yeah, well, nope. it was a good great loss. Bears great Bears loss. Disappointing Illinois loss, but great Bears loss at this what does point that mean? in the season. You know, contended. You know, it was close the Lions. Game. Lions first saw, road win in like five years or something. We saw saw some good stuff from Fields, but lost lost a close one. Keep keep getting better draft picks. Really it's exciting draft picks. Was a really good game. I mean, if not for the Vikings game, uh, Vikings Bills, it was it was really entertaining. You had Fields like lobbing this pick six and then running like seventy yards on the next possession. It was, it was a lot of uh, explosive. Fire. If it's interesting, nonetheless, if nothing else, it was very interesting to watch. So how'd the Browns good. do? They got their ass kicked by the Dolphins. They're just a bad team, bad, bad, bad defense that's been that way for months now and haven't done much to to fix it. Apparently, there's a lot of rumors, message board type things in Cleveland, which happens every year, you know. So, but it's. A lot of they say the defense is out too much. Like it's like the most cliche, angry fan trope. But uh, you know they're out clubbing too much. They're downtown out every night. You know Cleveland's a big hopping scene like that, and you get these young millionaires in there. And apparently the defense is out too much in Cleveland, uh, and and that's why they, they they suck. Also, they may not just be good either. But yeah, they got crushed by the Dolphins. Ran hey, all do, over them. Do the Illini still control their own destiny? <laughs> Have you looked at the Big Ten West scenarios? It's, it's a catastrophe. There's like a million. Somebody did like a scenarios Excel sheet. They, I mean, I think they do. I think there's an assumption they're going to get blown out by Michigan. So that the scenarios factored that in as well, like assuming Illinois loss. Um, I believe Iowa, of all teams, Iowa, worst Wait offense... Now. Yeah, control. If you want to use the controls your own destiny thing, um, I think Iowa is, is right now sitting on the win out and they're in scenario, which they would got, be they got Minnesota and then they got who else? Nebraska. Is there a chance you guys lose your last four games? I mean, Northwestern is, is talking yeah, about disasters. Yeah, there's always a chance. This is Illinois football. Just finish whatever any- seven and five or whatever. Like, I don't know what your record is, but yeah, so okay. Pathetic. Oh, come on. Who was it this weekend? Perdot? Is that who you Perdot. lost to? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's your <laughs> weekend sports minute. So um, we are recording this. As the Champions Tour is playing out. I, I got to be honest with you. We jumped the gun. We're doing it post-Houston Open, post-Pelican uh, Pelican Championship. Blueberry boys out in force. <laughs> on streaming only, not on TV. Blueberry boys relegated to streaming. Um, but the Champions Tour event is still ongoing in Phoenix. That, as we speak, Patrick Harrington is running away with it. He was up. 
I don't know, last I saw six shots. Yeah, he's currently up six on Alex Cheka, who, you know, has to be, he was probably up at crack of dawn out in Phoenix to watch the game in Germany. As a proud German, had to watch the Bucks Seahawks football from Munich. Um, but he's he's six back of Padraig. Harrington's going to win the individual event. But it seems like the Alker boy, he's got to finish top five. And right now he's third and not really, you know, I, I guess he could fall out. He's only one shot clear of both fourth and fifth. So a little drama as we come down the stretch. Maybe this will finish as we're recording. I got a good note. I want to call out, you know, I'm occasionally <clears throat> popped for being, you know, unduly critical of the Oceanic region, specifically Australia. But we could lump in New Zealand. I want to give New Zealand some of their props. We got a, a message from Reese. It said, just wanted to note, as a Kiwi golf fan, we are potentially on the cusp of holding three, and this is up to your interpretation, major money list titles. Stephen Alker, Ryan Fox, who was at, at playing at the Wire in South Africa, and Lydia Ko. Pretty special for our small nation. Um, they deserve I'll, some props. Yeah, Congrats so I wanted to note that. That's pretty significant. I'm on the Champions Tour, the European Tour, and and Lydia Ko. I, I don't That's know that place it's I want to go. Still TBD. Oh God, there. yeah. I would. My wife went there for like three weeks once with her family, and yeah, I would kill. It's hard to get to for us. For not us for me. America. Direct flight. Yeah, but it's not like a little flight. It's not an easy flight or a cheap flight. It's direct, <laughs> I guess. Um. But yeah, props to New Zealand. We'll see it's if a direct holds flight. On. It's in your face, you know. It's a very direct feedback flight. You're gonna be gotcha. tired at the end of it. Oh man! I mean, it's got to say something about, about the New Champions Zealand? Tour that these guys. I thought like, you were still talking about New Zealand. No, no. I was just watching this as we we're recording. Good radio. That like the guy just shows up and he's top five. Same for Harrington. That's not how golf works, except for like Tiger Woods in two thousand. I just I don't know that it speaks well. Well, it's because there's so much bad golf to like, the depth of comp- yeah of competitiveness. And they that made he it just such cannot a- finish outside the top five. Here's here's the problem, right? Every week is, is that the Champions Tour has to have all the legends in it. But all the legends at this point aren't grinding the way they used to grind, and there are better players, and it's a closed closed shop. Like there's, it's so hard to get champions to work hard. Q school, right? Yeah. But like, you don't want Alker boys running around, you know, coming up the works. You don't want Scott Perrell, you know, playing great if you're the champions tour. That's not good for your product. You need guys like Harrington. You need Els, Furick, those guys that are legends to play well because this it, it's kind of like a catch 22 which is you know frankly like a sign that this thing shouldn't exist i i just i, I right I, I he's playing amazing golf but i just it's it's sort of damning that he like every time he shows up he's just auto well the thing about it is if, if you made it a meritocracy if you made it a meritocracy like it should be There'd be a bunch of no names. There'd be a bunch of Stephen Alkers running around. And right. the There's reality is that... they're trying to keep them out. And in turn, it's just awful golf. It just, it shouldn't exist. 
I think they should go dramatic and make the cutoff like 40. And then but, then you have guys that are making the decision, like, do I grind on the tour or go to the champions? I mean, and then it becomes really a wash with a lot of like a lot Zabos, of four A type Zabos stuff. Dominating. Yeah. Yeah. It just it really comes a wash. Yeah. Guys just looking for to make Here's like eight hundred grand. The issue with that to me is that it ruins the the minor leagues of golf. Like Guys need to know when they haven't had success at 35, it's just like time to time to get a job. Some, and if you kept dangling, if you just kept dangling the senior tour, if you kept the champion tour as like a carrot, it would just keep these guys going. <laughs> and like <laughs> threaten Sonny Abacoa's money. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because these guys like, would just hang on. Haven't gotten out of the second stage of Q school. I don't want to be the guy that tells you to hang him up, but like, <laughs> it might be time. <laughs> All right. Shout out New Zealand. Let's go whip around Monday here. Houston, Tony Finau wins in a walk away. He shot 38 coming in and still won by four. At one point, he was up eight, I believe, because um, he went out in 31, shot 62 on Friday or second round, 68 Saturday. Um, and it was never close. He made three bogeys on the back nine. It did not matter. Um, he has now joined the Pancake Club, I believe, right? Oh, Very, yeah. With, with, with haste after a while. He was just sitting on that that PR open win, for, and he's kind of quickly stacked the pancakes here. Him and, him the, and Scheffler are in there now. Who do you think gets out first? That's a good question. Wow, game within the game. Throw Ricky in there too. Ricky can be. <laughs> Why do we have to put Ricky in everything? Morikawa's um, in there too. Morikawa, Ricky, and uh, and Finau. Scheffler. And Scheffler. Finau. Who, yeah. who gets out first? That's a good question. Who plays the most? They feel like the Finau and Finau plays a lot, right? Maybe I'm wrong. I would say Finau based on the way he's going. He's his wins are. I mean, he won. I don't want to put him down. His last three wins are the three of Open, the Rocket Mortgage, and the Cadence Bank Houston Open, which had a pretty good field for the fall. Um, He's he's won by three, five, and four. Yes, he's won by a lot of strokes in all three. So he's doing well. Here's the thing. I think there's a, you know, winning a weak field event. I'm not going to go out here and act like this is a great event. This was a great field and a great win. But he like dominated, and he's yeah. dominated three weaker events. That's like something. It's it, if these were one shot wins, playoff wins, it'd be like completely different story. And I think like this is a great. It's been a great year for Finau, right? We always were on him about oh he's contending and all these things. Like he's finally winning. That's a great sign. Maybe he wins a major. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. On the on the opposite side of that is Lexi Thompson, who just finished runner up a ninth time since her last win kind of has the same the once the bugaboo finau had well, she won their ramco oh yeah i guess i that doesn't count i guess it was an lpga stat yeah um i don't even know what the aramco format is is that isn't it like a team issue like a team know. play and then it's a single yeah i don't know um didn't she finish runner up at, at the blueberry championship last year too yes and yes. she lost in a playoff, right? 
I don't know if it was a playoff, but it was it, it wasn't. She had multi shot lead that yeah she wasn't lost pretty. And, as I yeah, remember the putting and all that. And this was you know in the same year as Olympic and all that. So, um, anything else on the Houston Open? Yeah, like I got a great. Stat I got some from TK Kelly. Okay, um, I think he's on the Corn Ferry Tour. I think that's where he's playing these days. Great, great Tyson Alexander stat. Runner up in Houston. Really good. You know, he he got in via KFT regular season. He lost by four today, but runner up. A lot of good FedEx Cup points of money for Tyson Alexander. All right. From via TK Kelly, renowned statistician and uh, and professional golfer. Tyson Alexander finishes at tournaments in the state of Texas sponsored by a regional bank. Oh, Veritex Bank uh, Bank Championship 2021. First place. T- 2022 Veritex Bank Championship. First place. 20, this year's Cadence Bank Open. Second place. That makes him 464 and one in, in Texas tournaments sponsored by a regional bank. <laughs> That's uh that's TK Justin Kelly's Ray. Eat your S- heart out, Justin Ray. <laughs> SGS stat of the day right like there. That. I was reading I read like the tournament notes sometimes, the email, and it's like he was like the first player in Corn Ferry in however many years or ever to to defend, which like just doesn't happen very often on KFT, right? I mean, if you yeah. win the KFT, usually you win an event, you're usually moving on, at least for the next year. So, yeah, he won the Veritex Bank. I think that's the one at the Rangers ballpark. And this is the one at Rangers golf course. This is, uh, you know, all Astros tie-in. Jim Crane, um, right? Isn't Jim Crane involved in the Houston Open? Jim Crane's involved. They had a lot of controversy when they opened. It was right during the cheating scandal. Oh. Was was that a brand you didn't want to be associated with? The Astros at that point when they did this? I think so. That's right. Okay. Interesting. Um, also other happenings in Houston, the Mark Hubbard ruling homeless hubs on, I think this was Friday. He was going to miss the cut. There are a lot of WDs this week with the rain delay. There were a million. This guy's got the hell out of town. Mark Hubbard got the hell out of town in a different way. Wanted to do some testing, knowingly put a 15th club in his bag. (laughs) Not, not like they didn't count or he had an extra wedge, forgot to take it out. No, he made the turn. He said, "This driver I'm hitting sucks." I, I'm I'm paraphrasing it and you know inferring a lot, but apparently the driver he was hitting was too spinny, or he did not like it, or not spinny enough. One or the other, I can't remember. Um, was not to his liking, and so he's like, "Screw this! I'm just putting another driver in. I'm going to have 15, and I'm going to hit this driver coming down the back nine." Figuring he gets two shots a hole, but I thought he he thought that was also maxed at a certain amount of holes, or he'd take you know eighteen shots and penalties, nine holes, two shots a hole. No, knowingly do it, you're actually DQ'd. You can't just. I mean, I don't know what this says about his manufacturer. I don't know who his manufacturer is. What like equipment needed to be dialed up and using it's just using the a PGA Tour event as sort of a testing ground, a proving ground for this. But uh, an amusing DQ, nonetheless, an unorthodox DQ. I you love don't it. Hear of. <laughs> it was an extraordinary DQ. Um, you know, this is like this is like what the Packers might start thinking about. Is you know, you're down, you're down in the third quarter. 
do you get Jordan Love in there to get some game reps? You know, do I can I can I go go to my locker, get this backup driver some game reps? You know, there's nothing. It's one thing to use it in a practice round. It's another thing to get that guy in in PGA Tour action. You know, so listen, this is this is awesome. You know, when you aren't sure you got the guy in in the bag at the driver or at the quarterback, it's time to get game reps for your other guy, right? I guess. I guess it's. I mean, they they do start. I mean, this is when the rug gets pulled out from under a lot of these pros, right? Like you signed this equipment deal. Now you've been playing this club, and this seems like an opposite situation. I don't know. Uh, you got to start hitting our new driver, the the twisty face carbon so and so stealth ultra speed that whatever comes out next that they'll name name drop here in in a month or so. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting DQ. Had he had his rules of golf, he might have known. He might have known that it would be a DQ and not a two shot penalty. And you do know where you could get a rules of golf booklet. Hold on, hold on. I don't know if they're still giving out the rules of golf booklets because I saw one of their big initiatives is sustainability in the next year. And they're talking about, you know, getting the rules more in a digital version. Well, you get the rules of golf, whatever it is. Rules of golf updates. I have it here from their friends at the USGA membership uh, or membership drive. I don't know if it's a drive. That's not the wrong. The USGA membership. membership. Yeah, the best membership, membership the best membership in golf, the USGA membership. <laughs> okay. All right, we'd say that. The USGA. Let me read read what they gave us here because I know we we sometimes get out over our skis. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to do that. You got to stay between the lines on some of them. We all know the USGA for things like championships, rules, and handicapping. They're also the biggest investor in golf's future through programs that help courses manage water, fuel, resources. They expand junior golf, make sure it's accessible to all genders and races. Um, and all the work USGA does not is not possible without support of the USGA members. When you join the USGA, you are impacting and putting money to an organization that invests in the greater game. Uh, and you get the members only hat, the rule book, they say, and subscription to the golf journal. I would say, you know, it, it, personally speaking, that hat this year is a good one. The US Open, LACC. Some oh, years, yeah. I would say. Last, it's not. last year, it was good too with the squirrel. Tori, not good. Pebble. Oh, come on. I you didn't know, think it was great. Throwing, throwing shots at Tori. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, why you gotta? Logo. Why you gotta pick on? Why you gotta pick on I'm my just favorite logo? Uh, but this is a really good one. So you get the hat. You can go to usga.org/friday. You gift it. Good gift. You get the golf journal. You're gonna get that magazine with really good writing. You get your hat. You get your bag tag. You get the your rules journal, of golf. The golf journal is legit. I brought this up before, but they have like a great. They have like a must read article for me every episode. Is that they have an architect pick out like one of their favorite holes and they write about it. For me, I I love reading what architects like their favorite hole is. So yep. you know they the golf journal is like actually very worthwhile and in alone worth the price uh of of purchase here for this membership and they're gonna do good shit with the money too like uh like environmental stuff you know <laughs> research make US the game a little bit more sustainable 
usga.org slash fried egg. It's $45. You get a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff there. And it's going towards a good cause. All right. Moving on from our rules of golf six, uh, section with Mark Hubbard. We'll do LPGA. Nelly Corda beats Lexi Thompson. Nelly is back to number one in the world. It's her eighth win. Um, well, as I noted, Lexi Thompson, it's her ninth runner up since she last won. She had a little, little lift clean in place. Drama there at the end, a, a little drop situation there, at, you know, which whenever it's with Lexi, you kind of, you, you kind of inch your face closer to the screen, make sure everything, nothing's askew. But uh, she did got close to maybe chipping in for, for a tie and birdie at, at the 18, but she made too many bogeys and, and playing from the final group and Nellie Corda wins one group, one group ahead of her um, again, kind of a weird year for Nellie Corda. Obviously yeah. had the blood cut thing. But back to back to world number one, I believe. With this I think game. that's that's the thing here. It's been like a really rough year for Nelly. I think uh, when we looked at, at at the end of last year, it's like, where is this going to go? Is she going to be an all time great player? And uh, hopefully, this means that we're back on track for uh, next year, where we're talking again about Nelly Corda and how dominant she is, because I think she brings a lot to the women's game. Yep. Oh, sorry, there's your LPGA update. They are now on to their season ender, CME Group Tour. <clears throat> is that a Tiburon? It has been. It always has it, been. Is it, it's, I get it in the Diamond Diamond Resorts Championship. No, Good Diamond word. Resorts, it's not that. <laughs> that one's Orlando. It, it, I don't know which course that is. I can't remember if it's Four Seasons, Ritz, Carlton, or one of those. Um where they have the PNC father son, and they're all kind of they all blend together down there. And get Florida. that December Florida, a December Florida swing down there. Right. Um, so that's the LPJ. They're under their finale on the DP World Tour. Tommy Fleetwood, kind of a unique situation, defends his Ned Bank South African Open, and also snaps a three-year drought. Kind of a weird deal, right? Where you're defending your championship. Yeah. That's also because they've obviously not played this since 2019 because of the pandemic. Uh, it's been a while for Fleetwood to win. He hasn't been, you know, totally off the map. He just hasn't won like at a Tony Fina right. Um, got a little bit of a help from Brian Fox on the on the last hole. I don't know if you saw this, but like Fox just I mean, he didn't even get it to the fairway. I mean, he's he murders the ball, Fox. He like snap hooked it. It's kind of a funky last hole, as you can imagine. You know, we've read the TripAdvisor review on Friday, but uh, yeah, Fox just like he couldn't even like get home in three. Like snap hooked it, dove right into the turf. Didn't even get to the to like start of the fairway. So you know what he claims his home course as uh, on Fleetwood? the European tour? No, Fox. A little, a lot of New Zealand talk here. What is it? Tari Links, the new Billcore. Ah. Uh, ben Crenshaw course at uh, Terry Eady. Look he claims that. it as his home course. Yeah, that's his attachment. Oh, club attachment. <laughs> yeah, they have some interesting sort of subcategories on those European tour player pages. Um, so, congrats to Tommy Fleetwood. I wouldn't say not the biggest win in the world either. Not the strongest field. Some guys down there, but. Um, it's a, win a, is a, a million win. pounds or euros good for good for him the gary player sun city uh gary player country club 
Nedbank Golf Challenge. All right, Africa's major. They're claiming that as Africa's major. I don't know. Really? Yeah. How about that? That's big news for Westy. It's Everybody's not even saying a, he doesn't have a signature win. I don't know why. <laughs> God, always retroactively trying to boost Westy's resume. I'm not really anymore. <laughs> Just pointing out, you know, the Ned Nedbank Golf Challenge. Um. All right, let's do news. Where are we at with Alker Boy? Oh, he's third. Still two shots clear now. He's probably going to get it done. Congrats to Stephen Alker winning the Schwab Cup. Uh, news. There was a report. Um, Fire Pit Collective, Monday Q, Ryan French, had a report on Alex Fitzpatrick's uh, curious special exemption into Corn Ferry Tour final qualifying stage, uh, qualifying school final stage via I don't know what via PGA Tour University basically um, and this sort of became a, a mini a, a controversy over the weekend uh, Fitzpatrick finished I think like 95th at that final stage but it's why did he get exemption into it there's never been a special exemption into a, a qualifying school like this um, and you know, I, I, I encourage you to go read the report. Like Ryan obviously lays out sort of the machinations behind it and what you'd get, what your perks are when you finish in what spots on the PGA Tour U. And um, it seems like players at that level are, are pretty curious and pissed about that. There were lawyers, threats of legal action involved from the Fitzpatrick side. Fitzpatrick obviously has a name brand uh, brother, has a name brand last name has, you know, an agency attached to his brother and to him. And this is in Ryan's written, uh, written report on it. Um, and there are some people upset about it, really mad. Cause you, you now just by being in the final stage, you have, you, you will, you will have a, a, a chance to have some status. You will probably get a sponsor's exemption. It sounds like, and, and it, he might be able to jump up in the reshuffle. And there's also sort of, guys who paid $6,500 to do, you know, the earlier stage, whatever they call it, first stage instead of final stage. So um, it's interesting. People are now extrapolating what this means like for the PGA Tour as they're fighting live. Um, in Ryan's write-up, he talks about has the PGA Tour lost its moral compass, giving out this special exemption after being leaned on by attorneys and the Fitzpatricks and and just doing something they've never done before? I would say, and I'm I encourage you, I, Brian and I are buddies. Like I, I would BS with them in a bar about this. I would say that's dramatizing things a lot. Um, I don't know that the Fitzpatricks were going to go to live unless like they gave them the special exemption. That seems to be like jumping too far ahead. I don't that seems think... a, like an absurd assertion, um, but you know, at the <laughs> it's end a good of the report. Day, I, I would read at it. At the end of the day, this is a really weird situation with Fitzpatrick with the exemption. It yeah. is, yeah, like it doesn't this... look good on its face. Is it the biggest deal? Oh no, I can understand why it's a big deal if you didn't make final stage or you were paid for your sixty five hundred dollars. What about the guy that was seventh? Right on PGA You're, Tour U. That so that's the whole thing is it's Fitzpatrick. If you finish top five in PGA Tour U, you get an exemption into final stage of Q school. If and it came down to this this Merido event, 15th. 
yeah. during the pandemic that apparently the conditions were horrible and the morning wave played like shit and Fitzpatrick was in that and he was playing as an unattached individual from Wake and like it threw his ranking, PGA Tour year ranking out of whack based on that. It's, it's like an official, semi-official event kind of. Um, and that's where like it all goes back to that. Um, I would say on the moral compass thing also like, man... Not to not to suggest like uh, you know the tour tour is not the worst company in the world but like yeah there are bad companies out there but like the tour is sort of in a fight like maybe you need to like they're in an existential fight they need to get if they need to get a little goofy they need to color outside the lines if they want to get cutthroat if they want to be wartime this that or the other like I don't know I don't know that it's the worst thing I know it's it's not a good look for the like the merit meritocracy talking point and all the other guys who are trying to grind through Q school. Um, but maybe you do start to get a little goofy with your tactics. If it means keeping, you know, top 10 Fitz- player in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it doesn't seem to me that Fitzy's been, you know, leaning one way or the other. Right. Like, it no, does, it seems no. like he's been, I don't think that's ever about been the tour. Yeah. So I, you know, that's where I have, I struggle with this. And, and I think the comparison was made to the Kepkas, like, Let's not compare a kid that's like fresh out of college who was a all American like Walker Cupper at Wake Forest to Chase Kepka, who played at, at the University of, I think, Central Florida and had been bouncing around mini tours, the challenge tour, you know, for six, seven, eight years. That's just an absurd comparison to make. Um, you know, with Alex, it, it is weird, though. They got this exemption in. He didn't even sign up for the Q school. That was the weird thing to me is that, like, he didn't sign up. Like, what yeah. What was up with that? Um, yeah. I Doesn't he have some European tour status or was that just be, uh, exemptions? I'm not sure. He may. He so, may. I, um, I, I just... I, there, I there's that, a, there are larger points to make here a little bit. Like... The tour needs to mind the P's and Q's right now. There's also illustrates the tension of guys thinking that the stars are getting too much. And I'm not saying like Matt Fitzpatrick did something untoward here, Matt himself, but like you could see how the James Hans of the world start freaking out and thinking he did. So like there are larger tensions going forward for the tour on how they cater to the stars, which they need to do to survive. And like a bunch of members that the JJ, the people who get pissy on Twitter and shout at, uh, you know, fritch about members and things like that like that's going to be an ongoing tension an ongoing thing this one is sort of a peripheral issue with a corn ferry tour qualifying school but it's going to exist in a lot of other arenas so um, it's a bad look for the tour yeah terrible look for the tour yeah that's true um other news pat perez said on the son of butch Harmon podcast that he hates Phil and he always will hate Phil and it's a different deal. He didn't clarify why or what or something that happened. He said, I think was unforgivable. So um, I'm sure that will fire up the rumor mill, which Pat Perez has fed now on that front for many, many months. So months. himself, Pat Perez fed it himself. Does I think he's been willing to. I'm tell sure Liv that loves story. that. Yeah. Well, that's what I Phil loves that. Right. I mean, they need they need some inter club drama. They need fighting if they want to make this a team versus team thing. Um, they need guys calling each other out. I would say, but 
think, I'm sure Phil Pat doesn't Perez love that. Is a is a four aces mainstay? Is he a building block for that team? I think DJ. It sounds like DJ likes him. DJ wants him around, <laughs> and what DJ says goes with the four aces. But if I were Phil, if I were Liv, um, boy, I'm not sure I'd be super thrilled with Pat Perez talking about. You know, I mean, it's just going to make a bunch of people's minds race on that one. Uh, and that's all I got for news. You want to double back on some golf advice stuff from Friday. I just got to say, we had um, a woman, list, woman listener. Back on a Monday. No, this is quick follow-up. Circle back. Women, woman's perspective. This is from Brenda. I don't know that she wants her last name out there. If you haven't listened on Friday, we're doing sgsgolfadvice at gmail.com where we'll answer a few questions. People seem to enjoy it. We've gotten a lot of emails, uh, a lot of good stories, which we're laying out on Friday. This will be a Friday thing, but this is just a follow-up. From a woman's perspective, Brenda, Bill, under no circumstances should you go for the beer in Bill's fridge. This was the uh, email from Chris about the fridge off the 13th tee. Bill has ulterior motives. He's giving you something. He expects something in return. People with a Bill-type personality, that's what they want, usually attention or your time. This is a classic tit-for-tat situation. Play this scenario out in your head. See? You, start, you start going and getting these free beers regularly. Eventually, Bill is going to want you to invite you over to parties and ask you to join tea times all the time with them. Fine. But these personality types, they stick to you like Velcro and is never enough for them. You'll feel <laughs> obligated to say yes to everything he asks for. Nothing is ever free in life. All caps. Be aware of Bill. So she sees the fridge, the beers in the fridge. She plays it out in a much different way than I guess I did in my head. This is from Brenda. So I don't, I don't like I don't like going in. I I agree. You owe somebody beyond what you might see in the garage. You know what you might see happen. They the stick to you like Velcro. They stick also, to you like, like Velcro. Here's the thing: when Bill, when you run into Bill, he's gonna ask you if you've gotten beers every time. Because he's already doing it, and you're saying no. And if you say yes, then he, then he's going to ask you like, "What kind?" Exactly. She's spot on. He's using this as a uh, as a G- gateway jumping, to friendship. It's a jump a jumping board, you know. To you, you, yeah. Great analysis. Maybe she should be running this segment. And then this is another one that solved the best answer for Drake and the text. His buddy won't won't commit to the tea time, and then he gets pissed if you know. He's not reserved the spot, you know, because he waffles. The Belgian waffler <laughs> says, Drake, this is an easy one. Instead of a three-person group task, text asking for who is in for next week's round, make it four or five group person text. Uh, first three to respond are in. Drake can either commit or miss out. Boom. Wow. Right? I mean, I think that's solved, Brenda. I don't know. Maybe your, your text group text is locked at four and you can't expand it, but. There you go. Forces uh, Drake to get off the pot, or, or well, especially come. if you include like Drake's arch nemesis. Well, that's true too. <laughs> really, maybe they'll provoke him to action faster response times. So that that's Brenda circling back with with the follow up from our first inaugural, first ever, I should say, golf advice section on Friday. We'll do that again this Friday. A lot of good emails coming in. All right, that does it. Do you have anything else for yeah, this Monday just, whip no. around? Nothing else. I uh, just just ready for another week. We're just cruising towards Thanksgiving. Year in review is barreling yeah. down on us. 
it's barreling down. It's here, more or less. I mean, it's here. You got to get going. We got to get going on that list. So I think I'm going to start research this week. Oh, there you go. Famous last words. So, all right, everyone, enjoy your Mondays. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. Congrats to Stephen Alker as he's locking up a Schwab Cup. I'm sure they're dancing in the global home. Talk to you Wednesday. <laughs>